The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. The judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case is giving the jury their final instructions before they begin deliberations, which will determine whether the 17-year-old is uh, guilty of an assortment of charges or any of those charges, including uh, murder. Kyle Rittenhouse is a inviting target for the left-wing media. We will discuss why that could be today, why some cases captivate the attention and others that would seem to uphold the narrative a lot better are not in the news very much. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. At noon, we'll have in studio with us Jane Timken, U.S. Senate candidate. You can watch that interview as it happens on our Facebook page, at The Hooley Show or at 989 The Answer. We appreciate you joining us and remind you that you can take us with you wherever you go on the iHeartTuneInRadio.com app or download our own app, search 989FM, The Answer, in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Uh, Good news for you on the COVID front, ladies and gentlemen. No, really good news. Doubly good news. Uh, The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans, Louisiana, has uh, basically mocked the vaccine mandate of Joe Biden, uh, saying that it is uh, way, way, way beyond the bounds of propriety constitutionally. Staggeringly overbroad are the words from the Fifth Circuit out of New Orleans. So it's weird to me now that one circuit court can say that. It's staggeringly overbroad. You'd think that'd be the end of it, right? No, it's not the end of it. The way this works is that there will be a lottery now that multiple circuit courts have ruled on it. Even though multiple have ruled that it is unconstitutional, this is the second one. And they'll have a lottery of all the circuit courts, and the one that comes up the winner in that lottery, or the loser if you don't want to hear the case, but the one that is chosen, will then issue the final verdict on the case. And of course, if that is not to the liking of people who are fighting the vaccine mandates, or not to the liking of the fascists and tyrants and dictatorial Biden administration, they're not going to like that ruling. Either side can appeal, and then it will end up in front of the United States Supreme Court, where I would assume it would be roundly defeated, 6-3, to maybe, maybe 5-4, to seeing how John Roberts doesn't like to get in front of even the most unconstitutional of presidential orders, witness Obamacare. But it does not look like the vaccine mandate will go through. Now, that doesn't really matter, does it? If you work at Ohio State, today is the day that you have to be vaccinated. Today is the day. I have friends of mine who work for Verizon, who work for other big companies. January 4th is the day. Those companies can make and have made a vaccine mandate line in the sand. And if you don't comply because they're a private company, they can do what they want. You're able to work for another company. Don't have to work for that one. We could have a lot of people who would lose their jobs, be fired. Say goodbye to their pensions forever? What a choice that is that the Biden administration is forcing Americans to make. 
do I want to make a decision for my health that I feel good about, not taking a vaccine that I have questions about that I don't think there's adequate data on, or do I want to provide for my family? I want to throw away all the years of service that I have in this company that I've risen up to the top of the ranks. Am I going to go in at the same salary level? Am I going to go in at the same uh, level of benefits and all that? Probably not. So this is what the Biden administration is forcing people to do. And it's unnecessary. Now, I'm not saying it's unnecessary because I have not been vaxxed and I don't think COVID is a big deal. and uh, None of that. That's what a lot of the people say about those who are not vaccinated. Oh, you don't take COVID seriously. No, it is possible to take COVID very seriously. It is possible to have people you know who have died of COVID. And to just be thankful that you weren't one of those people. But you don't dispute the danger of the virus. You just feel like, wow, I don't know. I've heard enough anecdotal stories of things that have gone poorly. I've seen enough news conferences of people who got visceral side effects from the vaccine. I don't want to take it for those reasons. It is possible to know people who even have had no symptoms from the vaccine and have maybe been spared getting COVID because of the vaccine and still not want to get it for yourself because medical decisions are personal decisions. We are at a point where we have enough vaccines, enough boosters, and enough, yes, therapeutic drugs, pills you can take, and I'm not talking about things they mock like ivermectin, oh, cattle dewormer. No, I'm talking about drugs that were specifically created For COVID, drugs that, coincidentally or not, will make Pfizer and Merck a ton of money, unlike ivermectin would because it's been on the open market for years and years and years. No, these drugs are new. These drugs are profitable. And guess what? Yes, these drugs are effective. So this pandemic... You don't have to listen to my view of it. Listen to Marty McCarry, Johns Hopkins doctor, talking about this pandemic is effectively over. We've got to get back to normal and restore the human connection. No one should be dying of COVID right now. Nobody. Once we get Merck's drug approved in about three weeks, and that is no one who's ever received Merck's new drug, Molnupiravir, or Pfizer's new drug, has ever died of COVID. That's how profoundly effective they are. They've cut COVID deaths to zero. Mm. So they that will officially mark the end of the pandemic phase and move into the endemic phase. And by the way, it completely obliterates any medical argument for a vaccine mandate when you have an effective treatment that's that profound. That is Marty Bakari on the Daily Wire's uh, morning podcast, Morning Wire, talking with John Bickley about the fact that, sure, now if you get COVID, there's a pill for that. Yet the Biden administration presses forward. And what will be the upshot of that? The upshot of that will be inevitably people will continue to quit their jobs because they don't want to take the vaccine. And we won't get an honest accounting of that. Heavens no. Uh, Here's a story from USA Today. The Great Resignation shows no signs of slowing down. The number of Americans quitting their jobs edged up to 4.4 million in September, marking another all-time high after notching a record 4.3 million in August. Now, why are people quitting? Oh, economists say 
that when people are comfortable voluntarily quitting, it typically signals that they are confident they can find another job elsewhere. Well, that's not why they're quitting. They're quitting because many of them are being told not to come back because they're not vaccinated by the company's deadline, which was placed upon them artificially by the Biden administration, believing that their regulation, that every company over 100 employees would have to have its employees vaccinated, or that company was going to be in all kinds of hot water with the federal government. And nobody wants federal investigators snooping around their company, looking at their books and causing them all kinds of trouble. Do you doubt that the Biden administration would be that vindictive? Remember, remember, these are the same people, literally, figuratively, the same people who used the IRS to target the Tea Party movement and other companies like the Tea Party movement. So they are not above identifying and targeting their political, I should say perceived political enemies. And that is why companies instituted these deadlines. It makes their life easier. It makes your life harder as an employee. But I don't think people are quitting because, oh, I can go somewhere else and get a job. You're hoping you can. If you have to quit your job because you haven't been vaccinated, are you positive you can go to another company and find a company that won't require you to be vaccinated? Of course not, because most major companies now are requiring it. So uh, I know it's a shocker, uh, disingenuous spin on a key issue involving you and your life is being presented by the Democratic Party and the mainstream media, which (laughs) I repeat myself. Now, as for the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, he's a 17-year-old white kid who did a stupid thing, probably not emotionally equipped to go out and be, you know, a guardian angel on the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin. He entered an explosive situation, and an explosive thing happened. He shot two people dead. He shot another man. He got out with his life, and now the left has made Kyle Rittenhouse their mortal enemy. The president of the United States has labeled Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist. Nothing like waiting for the court's verdict on what might be behind his motive. They did the same thing to Derek Chauvin, right? That was all about race. The Minneapolis cop convicted of killing George Floyd, all about race, except guess what? Race was never brought up at the trial. But this drives the narrative in the mainstream media that Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. And then if he's found innocent, if he's found not guilty, then this will be useful to the left to drive The idea that if you're white, you can get away with going out and killing people. By the way, do you know the race of the two men Kyle Rittenhouse killed? Do you know the race of the man Kyle Rittenhouse shot? If you guessed that any of them are black, you are wrong. They are all white men. So a white kid shooting white men is being painted as a racist act. By our media. Why is that? We'll delve into the reasons why and tell you uh, what one major U.S. company lied about, Kyle Rittenhouse, over the weekend that almost every mainstream media outlet is lying about as well. And again, Jane Timken, U.S. Senate candidate in studio at noon today. It is the Bruce Hooley Show.
So the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case has been known as a friendly to def- uh, a friendly to prosecution judges. Like he's a guy who you know typically uh, sides with the prosecution, but uh, now he is in the crosshairs of the left because he has been hard on the prosecution in this case. See, it's the judge's fault that the prosecution is terrible. That the prosecution is violating constitutional principles like, you know, you may have heard you have the right to remain silent, right? You get arrested for something and the police come and they want to talk to you. They want to question you. Uh, You don't have to say anything. You have the right to remain silent. That right is ensconced in our Constitution. The Fifth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment gives you the right against self-incrimination. You don't have to testify against yourself. What were you doing over there? You don't have to say what you were doing over there. Ah, You, Mr. Prosecutor, have to find out through other means, other people, video, other evidence. You have to find out on your own and prove what I was doing apart from me telling you what I was doing. In fact, you go to trial on any crime. You don't have to get up. You don't have to say a word. The state can present its case and they can say, what about it? And you say, I have nothing to say. I'm invoking my Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. A lot of people who are on trial for murder, in fact, I would say most people who are on trial for murder, do not testify. They do not testify. Because if you testify, anything you've ever done, most of the time, is open to questioning. Your motives, your thought processes, everything. And you might have had at some point in time a thought that might create in the mind of the jury that, oh, this guy is a bad guy. You said this way back when you were in high school. Now we can question you about it. No, you can't. Unless I'm on the stand. But if I'm on the stand, then you can. So that is why defendants choose not to take the stand. In this case, Kyle Rittenhouse chose to take the stand. And I think it was a smart thing to do because I think the jury wanted to find out, is this kid a cold-blooded killer? I mean, killing two people? That's creating some kind of assumptions about you. You go into an explosive situation like the riots in Wisconsin after uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake by police when Jacob Blake resisted arrest, grabbed the knife, and threatened the cops with the knife. People want to know if you're not a killer. I want to hear it in your own words. Now, listen, legally, are they legally allowed to convict him? Had he remained silent and used as their basis to convict him? Uh, I think, you know, if you, you'll hear this a lot of times from juries. I think if he was really, really innocent, he would have gotten up there and told us. Now, that's you're not allowed to say that. But you also can't suspend typical human nature. If you're innocent, I want to hear you tell me you're innocent. Most attorneys do not let their clients do that. But Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney did allow his client to do that. And Kyle Rittenhouse got on the stand, and you saw him. He got very emotional. He was hyperventilating. A lot of people say he was having a panic attack. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. But he was clearly traumatized by the events of that night. Or, or he's like a 17-year-old Robert De Niro. And it was the greatest acting job of all time. Now, LeBron James thought it was acting. Joy Behar thought it was acting. Joy Reid thought it was acting. And they would tell you Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty as all get out and that he's a racist, white supremacist, 
indicative of what's wrong with America today. And you've also probably heard that Kyle Rittenhouse carried his rifle across state lines. And he lives in Illinois, and he went across the border of Illinois into Wisconsin. And as a minor, he's not allowed to do that. Well, the fact of the matter is, Kyle Rittenhouse bought his rifle in Wisconsin, kept his rifle in Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse's father lives in Wisconsin. And the weapons charge against Kyle Rittenhouse has been dismissed because it has been debunked, disproven. He did not bring it across state lines. If you've seen the video of the fires that night in Kenosha, Wisconsin, you know that if that were your business, you would want somebody to come to your aid at a time when the police are just kind of sitting there and letting things spin out of control. But you don't have to stretch too much to look at Kyle Rittenhouse and see another young man who was on trial in the media, not in court, but in the media. Remember Nick Sandman, the young man from Covington, Kentucky, who went to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and had the temerity to wear a MAGA hat? He was a fan of Donald Trump. He was there with Covington Catholic High School and a Native American activist got up in Nick Sandman's face and was, I think, daring Nick Sandman to do something that could be captured on video so we could show that this kid wearing a Trump hat, a white, privileged Catholic school kid, look how hateful he is. Nick Sandman did not oblige him, but it didn't stop them, did it? It didn't stop Washington Post, didn't stop CNN, New York Times, and others from slandering and libeling Nick Sandman. Now, Nick Sandman is a very rich young man today because he sued a bunch of those outlets and he won a bunch of money. And no less authority than Alan Dershowitz, Harvard law professor, thinks Kyle Rittenhouse will be able to do the same thing because of the way he's been smeared by Ben and Jerry's ice cream. They've repeated the weapons lie against Kyle Rittenhouse. Dershowitz says that could very well be in Kyle Rittenhouse's future. So we'll see. But that case is set to go to the jury today.